It's like when Mike Riley shaves the beard. What are you doing? What are you? Oh, why do you? Well, although I, I'm okay either way. I mean, okay. he, he's got to make the hottie bowl and the piffles, right? He's got to. That guy's that guy's pretty good looking. Uh, yeah. I think he's hotter with the beard, but we should move on. <laughs> Grab some poutine and a double-double. It's time for the Two and Out CFL Podcast. Every week, John, John Fraser. Fraser. To me, if this isn't rock bottom for the Bombers, I don't know what is. And Travis Kura. Who would win between the world's fastest cow, the CFL Rabbit, or Brandon Banks? We'll deliver news and fantasy analysis from the Canadian Football League. And nonsense. Bad pizza is better than good salad, right? It's true. <laughs> it, it, it really is. Just like bad wings are, are better than most anything in the world. Can't forget the nonsense. Ready, set, hook Welcome to episode 52 of the Two and Out CFL podcast. It is with... Travis Curra and uh, Empire Andrew from the Eskimo Empire podcast. It seems like every time I get you on the podcast, it's a heartbreaking loss for your team. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Why do I do this still? I'm uh, no. I I think. Um, yeah, that that was a pretty uh, t- tough one again. But hey, well, you can't win them all, I guess. Uh, you know, I'm I'm really enjoying the shine off of my Grey Cup ring from last year because it better last. At this <laughs> we will see. Thanks for having me, man. Yeah, no problem. I always love having you on. We'll we'll see how this show goes. I'm in the middle of moving right now. I haven't had cable since last Friday. I haven't had internet. <laughs> Since last Friday. And here John Fraser is taking the day off. And me, I'm basically back in the dark ages when you read about the CFL in the newspaper. Well, I was just going to say, like, how are you surviving? Like, you you must be just spending all of your time at work so that you get the access to the Internet. <laughs> or is that, that what it is? Or? Well, I hear people that uh, they... they <laughs> I hear the, the the Pony Express comes in and tells me what's going on. I got yeah. the carrier pigeons. I just got the results for the 2013 Grey Cup. <laughs> oh, I see. So you've just been chatting with UT the whole time. Yes. Just, he's, that's what he's used to. It's good. <laughs> but I hear about people cutting the cord all the time, like getting rid of cable. This confirms that I cannot do it. I <laughs> would go insane. Uh, I mean, I, I do have the cell phone, of course, that has the internet, but I'm way over on my data, so I need to uh, I need to slow down a little bit. <laughs> I I can 100 percent appreciate that. I could never get cut off at this point. I would just it'd be like cutting off an arm. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> so um, I'm uh, my cell phone bill's getting waxed. Uh, let's get Brazilian tie in to see who's he's gonna wax this week. Brazilian tie, how's it going? Not too bad, yourself? I am doing awesome. Just a heads up, it's Andrew and I this week, not Fraser and I. So I think we should wax him. You're still at work, and you're still doing the thing. Well, I mean, somebody's got to make the money on this pod. (laughs) (laughs) Wait a minute, there's money? Oh. (laughs) Well, I wouldn't say there's a lot, but, I mean, I did have to pay for my own wax. You did probably about a good 110 bucks. If I did it, it probably would have been a good 350 bucks. Plus tip. <laughs> All right, who's getting waxed this week, buddy? I'm I'm going after Duran Carter again. Okay, yes, yes. Well, he's he's the he's the target that he's likes one to of stand the up for it. Teammates in the league. Oh, well, uh, apparently he pisses everybody off. Well, on was it Friday night they played? Yes, yes. He didn't talk to any of his teammates, and when he did, he seemed like he was berating them. 
he'd sit at the end of the bench with a towel over his head and not even look anybody in the eye. And then I read on Twitter yesterday or the day before, there was a fight at practice and he was in the middle of it. Granted, he said he was breaking it up, but still. Yeah, he's not a, your. For a second. He's not your Terrell Owens. That's my quarterback. <laughs> no, he's definitely not your prototypical team player. So I uh, think he's more like uh, what? What a quarterback? Does that really matter? You have me on the team. Isn't that all that matters? I mean, that's pretty much what he looks like, right? <laughs> well, and I was gonna say, like, why doesn't he play quarterback? Because he actually, uh, what did he go one for one with thirty three yards last week? Thirty seven yards. Yeah, well, that was just a think of all pass. the targets Nick Lewis would get. Yeah, like he, he he might be able to do it all himself. You know, the old Mister Perfect, throw the football and run under it, and catch it. <laughs> <laughs> He's only a step away, right? He can do it all. Yeah. <laughs> Who else should we wax this week? Oh, I don't know. Probably the Riders again. Yeah, they do that to, to themselves. I think. Yeah, it's not even worth mentioning anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I think we should wax. I know it's NFL, but the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, I'm already out of my survivor pool. Did you <laughs> pick them to win? Yeah. Uh. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's a funny pick. Special shout out, though, to the guy who took his shirt off and ran down the field. Yes. I don't know if you've heard the radio call, but my God. Yeah, let's get to that radio call right now. <laughs> hey, somebody has run out on the field. Some goofball in a hat. And a red shirt. Now he takes off the shirt. He's running down the middle by the 50. He's at the 30. He's bare-chested and banging his chest. Now he runs the opposite way. He runs at the 50. He runs at the 40. The guy is drunk, but there he goes. The 20. They're chasing him. They're not going to get him. Waving his arms, bare-chested. Somebody stop Look that out. man. Here comes the blue coat. Oh, Kevin. they got him. Here comes They're coming the blue from the left. Oh, and they tackle him at the 40-yard line. That was the most exciting thing to happen tonight. Apparently, that guy was sober. What? The news came out today that he was sober. $15 beers at Levi Stadium. I don't blame him. (laughs) (laughs) Now, Brazilian Ty, one more question. I'm almost done moving. How many beers do I have to buy you to finish it for me? Uh, 12OV or 24 Budweiser? 24 Budweiser. Holy! Oh, drive there, <laughs> <laughs> or, or you can just settle for the twelve OV as long as they're cold. Okay, I'll, I'll see you in about an hour and a half, I guess. Well, I mean, I still gotta do. I gotta. I'm still working. Okay, well, finish up, buddy. We'll we'll finish up here, and you. We'll, I'll see you in about an hour and a half. Alrighty, sounds good. All right, thanks, buddy. <laughs> thanks for all your time. In the Huddle with Fraser and Kura on the Two and Out Podcast. And of course, news is brought to you by Bomb Energy Drink. Now, I think this is what killed my uh, data over the weekend. Uh, <laughs> the trades that happened. Oh. In, uh, my my phone just blew up. Now, <laughs> I guess let's quickly talk about the trades. I think it was Sunday that it happened. The yep, Bombers was, yep. trade Drew Willie for defensive back TJ Heath of the Toronto Argonauts. They get a 2017 first rounder. They get a 2018 third rounder as well. But they also trade a 2018 fourth rounder to Montreal and get Kevin Glenn in return, it's a lot to take in, but what was your reaction, Andrew? 
I I was amazed. Well, my first reaction was, "Holy, did Winnipeg ever pull off the deal of the century?" Because they got a lot. They got a well, okay. Now, and one of the things that came up on Twitter and it made me laugh anyway was just think about what the value was that we got back for Ricky Ray and yeah. the value that they just got for Drew Willie. Does that not just seem a little bit off balance to you? Like, I mean, Drew really could be a great quarterback, but he hasn't really shown to be the superstar yet. And they got they got a huge amount for him. TJ Heath is a fantastic uh, defensive back where, I mean, the rich just got richer in Winnipeg as far as the defense is concerned. And, you know, Winnipeg moves off a, a bigger contract, gets Glenn back so they have the protection. I, I thought I thought it was a, just a masterful deal by Kyle Walters. Well, he picked off Zach Caleros, TJ Heath did twice uh, on Sunday, yep. uh, gets traded. I thought it was pretty cool that uh, Mike O'Shea ended up going to Drew Willie's place in person. Uh, he didn't send him a fax or he didn't send out a tweet. Uh, mm-hmm. He went to him in person. And he, he seems like one of those guys that the players really like. And uh, it, it seemed like even when they were doing bad, it, uh, it was six weeks ago when we thought that O'Shea was going to get fired if they lost one more game. Now they've won six in a row. <laughs> all they did was, where's that, uh, all I do is win, win. Yeah, anyway, they <laughs> they just took off after that. And, and uh, amazing when it's cool because they have the confidence in him. And I feel even as I'm watching a game that I would play for Mike O'Shea, even though I would suck, I would still play for him because he's just, that kind of coach and uh, that that personal touch there going to the house to tell him, uh, I think that's just kind of the, it shows the guy he is on top of being the coach that he is and that it was very very impressive to me um, and I actually really liked the the letter uh, quote tweet that uh, Drew Willie put out uh, thanking the Winnipeg fans even though he kind of got you know uh, berated a bit there at the beginning of the season but he really did uh, thank everyone back for the opportunity and I, I, that's it, both of them seemed very genuine so uh, probably a good move for everybody in the long run but man what a what a great trade by Winnipeg. There's so much that goes into this. Uh, you are a uh, Eskimo fan, obviously, so you've seen yes. Matt Nichols play uh, quite a bit. He was there yes. for years uh, before mm-hmm. getting traded last year. I, I'm i on the side that I think Drew Willie was the future in Winnipeg. I, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, 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 like In three years, do you see Matt Nichols being a better quarterback than Drew Willie? No, what what I actually think is going to happen there is that they are going to start to groom uh, Dominic Davis. Is that his name? The mm-hmm. backup. Uh, I believe that I, I always mis- mix his name out and call him Davis Dominic. <laughs> it's Dominic <laughs> Davis. Um, a little Superman fight for you there. Anyway, the um, I think that the plan is that they're going to be grooming him into that next role and Matt Nichols is a great starter while they do that grooming and that that's what I think is happening in Winnipeg um, I mean obviously I don't know for sure but that that would be my guess and that's not taking anything away from Matt I think the change of scenery was definitely important for Matt and I think that 
here, he really came very, very close in beating out Mike Riley for that starting job in Mike Riley's first year here. He did, yeah. And, uh, and honestly, if he didn't hurt his knee, it, it, it was a coin toss at that point, and I was kind of leaning toward Nichols. So it doesn't surprise me that he's having the success, and I think that he's going to be well, you know, do well there. But I don't think that he's going to be there for a long time, but I think he's a very capable starter and a very, you know, competent starter for until they get that next guy, whoever that next guy is. And Kevin Glenn is the backup just in case Nichols gets hurt because of his history. Yeah, and I I see Drew Willie lasting in Toronto for quite some time. Now, I know football is not fair and it's it's a business, but I I feel – uh, so many things happened when Nichols got the starting job. All of a sudden, the defense is forcing six turnovers a game. And uh, th- th- because Taylor Loeffler was able to start at safety, they're able to bring another import on the offensive line. And that changed, it seemed like, the whole team. Absolutely, yeah. The protection was night and day difference, yeah. right? And uh, I think that was that was huge. That was huge for uh, Winnipeg. It was huge for Nichols because, l- let's face it, the years that he was here, he was a good quarterback, but that O-line was atrocious. And yeah. so why did he have that history of getting hurt? Because every down that he said hut, he had to run for his life. So uh, I think him having that type of protection and time, that's that's helping that Winnipeg team. Now, in the last couple of weeks, we've seen that they haven't been, you know, getting as many touchdowns as we would kind of have expected, especially with some of the time that he's getting. Yeah. But I, I think... Is that going to change? Well, who really knows? But I still think him getting that time, he has time to be comfortable in the pocket. If you give Nichols time in a pocket, he will find a guy. And I think he actually throws a better ball than a lot of uh, quarterbacks even in the league. And on uh, on the same side of things, Kevin Glenn goes to Winnipeg. It seems like everywhere he goes, it's the curse for the starting quarterback. So <laughs> I was just going to say that. That's right. <laughs> Matt Nichols might be a little bit. He might have the Joe Boo like from Major League in his locker, like doing the voodoo. So he doesn't. <laughs> please don't. Please don't let this mean anything. Yeah. Don't bring the curse here, Kevin. Don't bring. I like you, but please don't bring the curse here. Um, and, I believe uh, that he was the best chance to win in Montreal. No. Well, uh, honestly, out of all of the quarterbacks that they had, do you really think that they, I mean, they had to start Kevin Glenn at the beginning of the season, right? They had to. I mean, there was no... For sure. Uh, I totally agree with that. But once the interceptions were coming and the, and the you know, you saw the, the massive high on the game against Saskatchewan... And Five touchdowns. Then reality set in, right? And uh, and I think that's why they, they made the move. And uh, Although the funniest part of me about Kevin Glenn going there, I don't know if you saw the tweet from Milt Stiegel that said, hey, if Kevin Glenn's coming back, I'll come back too. <laughs> yeah, he looks like he could still play. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, I bet you he outruns a lot of guys on that team as it is. <laughs> he still ripped that guy. Holy man. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and it was just training camp when Rakeem Cato was the bottom of the depth chart in uh, Montreal. And uh, let's let's talk about Montreal because the news is, is that they're $300,000 over the salary cap, uh, yep. which I don't think is much of a surprise. Not uh, at all. So no, they, not at all. So they have to fix that. Uh, they've already released some 
like at the beginning of the year, they had to release Mitchell White. They they released uh, uh, Vaughn Martin because of yep. uh, salary. They they couldn't re-sign uh, Muamba. Who who knows where he is right now? Well, they had to release him too because he had another year left on that contract. Yeah, and they released him right before they gave him the bonus. Right, and now he's floating around trying to find a spot in the NFL. Um, yeah, they, they've had a whole bunch of things that they've done to try and cut their salary, and they're still 300k over. I, I mean, yeah. I, again, I can't say I'm completely surprised because you kept seeing all of these big contracts and these big players going back to Montreal. And even when they brought back Deron Carter, it was like, great, yeah, this guy can really play and all those things, but what did that cost? And then... Kenny Stafford goes there and I can only imagine it was for a better price than he had here because he had a decent role here. It's not like his role is any different in Montreal. So I kept seeing all of these, you know, costs being added up and none being taken away. So we we had to know this was going to happen. The the crazy thing is I was reading today is how are they going to deal with the penalty when they traded their first overall draft pick to <laughs> BC. So how, what extra penalty do they get? And I think that part is going to be very interesting to see how that plays out. Yeah, this is, it's crazy what's going on right now. I, I read that there was a interview with Jim Pop saying he'd basically go away peacefully if uh, Anthony Calvillo was given the reins. And it's just, it, it's weird what, what's happening now at practice. Uh, Brazilian Ty mentioned it. Cato, Carter, and Stafford basically get into a two-on-one handicap match against the uh, quarterback. <laughs> I mean, what is... And then the quarterback is the one that gets led off. That, yes. Okay, now I understand that maybe Cato didn't calm down, but that blew my mind. I'm like, you cannot tell me that Carter probably wasn't in the middle of this. And Stafford, who is his cousin, is of course going to stand up for him. Oh, I didn't know but they then, were related, actually. Oh, yeah. They're, yeah, they're cousins. So that was another one of the draws that Kenny had to go to Montreal, okay, right? So yeah. he could play with his cousin. So they're going to stand up for one another. But what's nuts is then you see Cato, the one getting let off. And I'm like, do you like I in my mind I just can't see it any other way that he wasn't provoked to that point. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> I just and it but they're they are imploding that team. And I can tell you right now, and I know Cliffy D from uh the Alouette's flight deck would completely agree with me. We all love Anthony Calvillo. He was an amazing quarterback. He is not ready to be a head coach. I don't think that that's a good move for Montreal. I think it would actually I, I don't know if it would make it any worse, but I can't imagine it would make it any better at this point because he just hasn't had the coaching experience. And I know that's funny, me saying that when we have Jason Moss here, but Moss had more up coming up through a system to get to a head coach, whereas Calvillo's basically been thrown into a offensive coordinator position and, and now the possibility of him becoming a head coach. Uh, and on the other side of that, how how do you feel if you're Noel Thorpe? Like, I've been there forever. I run in a massive defense. I've got these guys that, you know, will do anything for me. And they wouldn't let him go to Edmonton again. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. You're not letting me go to a situation that might be better for me. And now I don't get to be head coach. Great. If I'm an employee there, I'm like, yeah, I really want to sign up again. Right. (laughs) Like, 
<laughs> that's uh it, yeah talk about um insert circus music here yeah that's uh what's going on and everybody saw it coming at the beginning of the year but the owls they 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 were competitive and i think they still are i mean they they do have some they have a lot of talent uh, but they're all sure. veterans they're all veterans and once these guys go or retire or they can't afford them Who's the bigger joke, Montreal or Saskatchewan at this point? (laughs) You know what? Honestly, I would say at this point that Montreal is in a worse position. And the reason for that is, is for right now, you're right. They've got talent. They've got a great defense. They've got ways to put points on the board if they can connect them. Uh, They have one of the most exciting running backs in the league in Tyrell Sutton, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. And so they have lots of that for the right now. But in the coming years, uh, there's like no plan. I don't think. I don't no. think there's anything there that's going to help them in the long run. Whereas in Saskatchewan, yes, it's turmoil right now. Yes, it's a lot of players coming in and out, and coaches, you know, possibly in fighting and having all these other issues. <laughs> but. In the long term, they have the right people in place to bring in the talent to make that team better. And they're, and when that happens, they're going to be a solid unit. They're not going to be standing on the sidelines, uh, you know, fighting over who's supposed to be have the ball throw to them. Like it, I, I just, I think, yes, in this moment, you might say Montreal is better, but I think in the long term, I think Saskatchewan's going to be better. And if you look at every team in the league, there are quarterbacks that have experience on every team. But mm-hmm. Montreal traded that away with Kevin Glenn, and now you have these young guys, uh, Vernon Adams and Cato. I know he, he was there last year, but every other team, uh, even Toronto, well, well, now obviously they have Willie and Lefevre's been around the league, and every team has experience at that position except for uh, Montreal. So uh, I feel bad for Cato. He's trying to lead a team that doesn't respect him. Yeah. Oh, totally. I I totally agree. So, how long is it before we see uh, Mr. Crompton back in? Well, right? I don't know. It, it depends on. if he if he grows the hair back or not. That's the only way, by the way. If he doesn't grow the hair back, not allowed. That's the way it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah sorry, he's dude. Like Samson. Yeah. If he got if he got the haircut, sorry, you're nothing. That's yeah, that's right. I'll trade you tomorrow. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's like when Mike Riley shaves the beard. What are you doing? Man? What are you? Oh, why do you? Well. <laughs> Although I I'm okay either way. I mean okay. he he's got to make the hottie bowl and the piffles right. He's got to. That guy's that guy's pretty good looking. Uh, yeah. I think he's hotter with the beard, but we should move on. Uh, <laughs> Why are we just turned this? I can't believe it. I'm not even Fraser, and we're talking. We're the View. What's going on? <laughs> hey, let's get back to football. <laughs> okay, uh, we did mention Saskatchewan a little bit. The Red Blacks get fined. Uh, for practicing with an ineligible player. I don't remember seeing this once in a year, never mind twice. So yeah, it's, no kidding. seems like the league is really uh, looking at teams and what they're doing. Uh, the Red Blacks also release Alex Prochalski, who people were surprised he got let go in Saskatchewan. Well, now he's gone in Ottawa. They also mm-hmm. released Jermaine Robinson. Uh, Khalif Mitchell gets cut in Saskatchewan. Thank and this goodness one, for that. Yes. Yeah, no kidding. And <laughs> this one... This just shows uh, yeah. me how does everything and not Khalif Mitchell the next. <laughs> yeah, no, I I know where you're going. Okay. I know where you're going. Yeah. Every why does everything keep working for uh, Calgary? Everything, 
Every, I totally agree. Yeah, they, it, you might as well. It, it's like it could rain everywhere in Calgary, and right in the middle of McMahon Stadium where they're practicing, it'd be sunny. It, I, I, Taylor Reed is probably a starting running back on, or sorry, linebacker. Well, on, <laughs> he could probably run faster he, than he me. He might so be able to play back. running yeah. back yeah. on some teams. <laughs> Yes. But he probably, and I'm thinking of teams that he wouldn't start on, and BC comes to mind. Absolutely. And that might be about it. <laughs> <laughs> but they draft Alex Singleton. Everybody's thinking, he's too high. This guy's going to the NFL. He comes to Calgary. Now he's a starter, so they get to release Taylor Reed. He instantly signs in Ottawa. He deserves to have a job in the league. But how do things... Calgary keeps knocking it out of the park with their Canadian depth. And, I mean, Juwan Simpson goes and everybody's thinking, what? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and, and here now comes they've the got a guy, guy that they just drafted and he's already starting. Yeah, it, it's crazy, right? And uh, the part for me that is a, a little frustrating, not frustrating, but it's just amazing to me, is the fact that, like you said, they have this draft pick that comes in, this Canadian draft pick, who ends up being a starting middle linebacker. <laughs> and you look at across the other league. Well, let's look at the Eskimos for this moment. I can't even name who I would put as the rookie of the year. No. And yet... Winnipeg and Calgary, their draft was so awesome. They've got Loeffler starting in safety in Winnipeg, and they've got Singleton starting as a middle linebacker in Calgary. Like it, it, that, It's amazing how much they've done to get those types of positions and those people into them. Enough to get rid of Reed, who was, from all intents and purposes, everything that I heard, was an amazing leader on that defense, and that he had kind of taken over that role for Juwan Simpson. And now he's in Ottawa. Like it, it's crazy that they have the riches enough that they could do that. Yeah, it, it's insane. That's the news brought to you by Bomb Energy Drink. Uh in Alberta, I know you can get them in Max convenience stores. Uh, check them out online. You can buy it on there. drinkbomb.com. Time for the Fantasy Exposé on the 2 and Out podcast. All right, let's talk fantasy football. The CFL Podcast Family Fantasy League. Two and out versus the Eskimo Empire. That was a that was a decent game, wasn't it? A tie. <laughs> I know. You know what though? Okay, here's the other part of that. I actually my podcast um, tried to simulate real life because going into the last game, I was up by sixty eight points. Uh, let me say that again: sixty eight. <laughs> points going into the last game we play the last game at the end of the game even half an hour an hour after the game it shows that i win by seven and i'm thinking oh wow what what a comeback then i check it out today a tie what the what the damn hell happened there so in that last game i guess i had dan lefevre because <laughs> oh. i got the toronto quarterbacks and uh terrence tolliver and that that That's was the difference. And Sean that Lemon. That was the difference. Wow. <laughs> that, I, you don't see ties all that much, but... No. <laughs> 190 apiece. That was uh, pretty cool. So let's go through the games uh, from last week. I, I guess we started with Montreal and uh, BC, which if you, if you look at it, 38-27 was the final for BC. I mean... <laughs> How are Jeremiah Johnson and Anthony Allen, that has to be the best one-two punch in CFL right now. 
Absolutely. Well, it might be the best one to punch in football right now. Like that, that's crazy how either one can go in and just absolutely tear it up. And Jeremiah Johnson, I mean, 159 yards rushing <laughs> and three TDs. Like that's that, those are Madden numbers, aren't they? Like, oh, that's, yeah. That's crazy. That's a rookie setting, too. <laughs> he was on fire. Wait, no, that's NBA Jam. Damn, well, that's I just showed my too. age. Yeah, okay. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that that was just amazing. And and honestly, I mean, the score, like you said, thirty eight twenty seven. You'd think it was a lot closer, but yeah, that, that game was over early. Yeah, and I mean, I I feel like they need to find a way to get both guys on the roster. Or yeah, it, does it even matter? I, I don't know that it matters because I think that the way that Buono has been dealing with the both of them, neither of them seem like they're not getting enough time. Neither of them seem like they're complaining about it. They they know that together, whatever one is going in, they're winning. And and I mean, winning does cure a lot of that. Let's yeah. let's face it. If they were losing, then absolutely there might be a little more rift there, right? But Hey, this guy's turn. He goes in, and we win. This guy's turn. He goes in. We win. Like I mean, it's not, it's not yeah. a not a bad trade off. Right? Yeah, so. when you when you have basically a ten yard per carry average, and you have sixteen carries, <laughs> yeah. that, oh man, that is crazy. But Chris Rainey also gets sixty yards on the ground. Jennings had another thirty on the ground. They they just got dominated uh, on so, the ground. As, as so the as, film is run the ball against Montreal. Yes. I, Interesting. I, I, I think so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, we learned nothing from these games. I mean, we learned that BC is good uh, and that Montreal is uh, what what they thought uh, they were. I mean, Rakeem Cato's cheap on uh, DraftKings. I, I don't <laughs> think I'm using him uh, at all, but he likes BJ Cunningham, it seems like. Uh, five catches for 101 yards. Uh, the Lions win. Uh, let's move on. To- well, the, de- the deal, though, in that game, as far as fantasy is concerned, has got to be Burnham, right? 138 oh, yeah. yards again? That that guy's a monster. You're right, and he he's just flying under the radar, I think. Yeah, just. But you know what? Who, who he reminds me of, actually? And this is uh, interesting coming from an Eskimo fan. But um, he, not in body stature, but just in the way that his career has progressed, he reminds me a lot of Fred Stamps. When he, Fred okay. Stamps got here, everyone was saying, this is the next big thing. He's the next big guy. He's going to be making big plays. And the first two, three years, we saw like almost nothing. And it was like, well, when is this guy going to be? And then that other year came and it was like, oh, everybody get a Stamps jersey. He's the greatest player ever. And Burnham is on that track. He was on, this is going to be the next big guy. Well, we don't really know. We don't really know. Kind of flies, like you said, under the radar. And now it's like, Ooh, like every game he's getting 140 yards. It's crazy. Yeah, him and the Manny show, that's a pretty sweet one-two punch. Absolutely. Or 1A or 1B uh, in BC, and it seems like that's what you need to win in this league now, uh, except for Calgary. Somehow they... (laughs) Or or Edmonton, because you could have a great one and two and still lose games. 
Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah look at so. that. Good point. Good point. Uh, let's go to the Banjo Bowl. Uh, 17-10 the final for Winnipeg. Uh, just a downright ugly game. Uh, things that you need to watch for next week, I guess. Uh, Andrew Harris is questionable. Uh, yes. So are Khalil Bass and Ian Wild. They're not ruled out, but you might miss out on uh, those guys uh, heading into the week. Uh, Weston Dressler has 135 yards oh. receiving. Naaman Roosevelt continues to be a superstar. But if Saskatchewan can't run the ball, they're going to continue losing. It is embarrassing. Uh, <laughs> Kendall Lawrence has eight carries for 10 yards. Well, the, you know what, though? They suffer from a little bit of that same syndrome as uh, Hamilton, right? They don't hand it off a whole lot either. Um, they and, don't. And that's very typical of a McAdoo-run offense. Uh, it's all hitch, pass, screen, pass, hitch, pass, screen, pass, right? There's And nothing at, like, the seven-yard over-the-middle mark. So, you know, UT is going nuts because where's my down-the-middle passes? And uh, <laughs> they were well, never and, happening. And, and then the receivers that, are like, I yeah. don't want to go up the middle. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Why would I go there? That's where all of the defensive guys are. That's yeah. right. Unless, again, you're playing Edmonton because they don't, they don't put anybody in the middle. Why? Why would you defend that area? It's just they're allowed to go right through. Um, but I think... Um, I, I think that's uh, one of the downfalls, though, in Saskatchewan is you you don't see the guy get it. They get behind early and then you don't see the guy get any more than six or seven touches. Right. And yeah. we all know with running backs in this league and this has to apply to every team, I think, uh, got got this from our bleed red blocks uh, friends that, you know, that it's got to be, you know, 15 to 18 touches a game. And then they start to actually do something right. Exactly. It seems like a lot of coaches, if they don't get something going on the ground early, they abandon it. But yeah. that's running the ball should be like a body shot in boxing. You know, absolutely. Yeah, Be, beat take, them up. Take those early punches. Yeah, yeah. And this in the second half, especially when the weather's getting colder, they will, they'll get out of your way a little <laughs> bit easier. <laughs> exactly. I know exactly. I would. I mean, if you're slapping me in the gut every uh, ten seconds, huh? Go right well, by. I don't care. Let's let's be fair. If any of those guys were running at me, I'd step out of the way. I mean, it's not. <laughs> it doesn't matter even if they hit me once. I'd be like, oh yeah, you're good. <laughs> so I would have. To- what was that guy from Saskatchewan last year? I would have done that. The, the, the move out of the way here. Just just go ahead. Yeah, that was classic. That was an all time classic. Uh, let's go to Commonwealth Stadium this past oh, Saturday night. To? Wait, yes. Okay. Yeah, we yeah. actually do now. Right. I. I wasn't going to go to the game, but uh, with no internet and no cable, I had to do it the old-fashioned way and go to the stadium. And uh, it looked good at halftime, uh, 17-3, the Eskimos leading. And then we end up going to double overtime. Stampeders win 34-28. That team blows me away. You know, uh, Odell goes offside when they stop them uh, in overtime, and there's an incomplete pass. And then the next play, Calgary takes a penalty. The second yeah, and ten game, yeah, yeah, second or second and goal from the ten, and they still get the two point. Con- it just blows me away that yeah. they never, they never get flustered. I mean, how good they are converting second and long is just insane. Oh, I well, yeah. How many times in that second half was it second and fifteen or second and twenty, and Calgary got it? Like yeah. I, I, it's it's so disheartening. But 
I, one thing I will say about this game, though, uh, I mean, if you're a CFL fan, it was entertaining. It, it was, was yeah. back and forth. I mean, the first play of the game is a 104-yard throw for a touchdown. Like, <laughs> it's, like that, that was exciting. And then... Of course, the the second half obviously not nearly as exciting for me, but but, uh, but for a, as a fan, it was an amazing back and forth battle, and uh, I, I really liked that part. And I I have to say that uh, the the one thing that really impressed me, especially when you got into the end of the game in overtime, the crowd was nuts. It they was were. so loud, and uh, you just you don't hear that as often uh, in the stadiums anymore and that that was just really really cool it's funny because uh last time i had you on the podcast i asked if the eskimos have the worst uh defense in eskimo history and things have kind of changed since then i don't oh, know yeah. if they have the worst defense in history but wh- i i don't know what the problem was in this game i think it does show edmonton and last year proved it that calgary is beatable they mm-hmm. just capitalize on your mistakes like no other team well and in this game uh calgary shot themselves in the foot more than we have seen the entire season they They did make mistakes yeah yeah they had a whole bunch of penalties they had a whole bunch of uh, they had a, a great number of two and outs they you know missed a field goal like these are things that calgary just doesn't do and Edmonton couldn't capitalize on it. And I think we only capitalized on it once with the interception. And it, it, you know, they're just, there's that difference right there, right? Where you, you need to actually get the points when the other team that regularly doesn't make mistakes starts making mistakes. And Calgary just then turned it around and we were like, oh, well, now here's our regular mistakes. And Calgary capitalized on every one of them. So, um, and, and I think a lot of that has to do with stability though in Calgary, right? Like, yeah, I mean, you could say all you want that Dave Dickens is a rookie head coach, but he's been in the system forever. And every person that is in that system, how many people came from outside of the system? Like, it's a minimal number in comparison, right? And uh, and obviously that, that consistency, that's what shows, right? And holy cow, it's it's amazing to watch. It's like they develop their players and their coaches the same way. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So you can't, uh, you can't overlook that. And as you watch the guys on the sidelines too, they're all in it together. Like they're a team that you don't feel like there's any type of, uh, dissension. There's no blame on either side. It's just like, Hey, we, okay. Defense, it's your turn. Sure. Yeah. We'll go get it done. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah, I've watched some games this year, whether it be Edmonton when they were struggling a little bit, uh, three losses in a row, and uh, Saskatchewan as well, where a rookie would make his first sack, or Winnipeg was a perfect example. When they weren't doing well, you know, a, a rookie makes a play and nobody's there to rally around them and, and, you know, support their teammates. But Calgary, I mean, Rob Maver hits a coffin corner punt and it's like they won the Grey Cup. They're, yeah. they're like, yeah! <laughs> Like, you could <laughs> totally tell they're agree. having fun. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and that one punt that he did was unreal, right? Like that, 
Oh, hey man, he he's he's a fantastic punter. But yeah, I, they they just get so excited about stuff like that, and um, it's it's crazy. I, 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 now, one other thing, I guess, in this game, injuries were a huge factor as well. Yeah. Um, you know, John White and Calvin McCarty both going down, and of course, finding out now that Calvin's out for four to six weeks with Broken a fractured leg. fibula. Um, that's you know that definitely doesn't help, and and John White. When he fumbled that ball in the uh, fourth quarter, uh, he was playing hurt, right? And so I, I don't know if that was maybe the the best choice. <laughs> as much as we want John out there, but uh, that I, that definitely cost them for sure. I felt like that fumble was like when, yep, this game is. Yeah, here we go. That that's exactly what I said. I turned over to my my seatmate and went. Here we go. That's, uh, yeah, because now, now comes the crumble, right? And we talked about it even at halftime. Like, yeah, we're up by 14 points. Well, unless we're up by like 40, there's, there's always a chance. Cause. Yeah, it, it's funny because at the beginning of the year, Eric Rogers, Jeff Fuller gone in Calgary, and then we're thinking, oh, it's going to be Kamar Jordan. Uh, Bakari Grant's done. And then Bakari Grant comes in, and he's been playing awesome. And then Joe West gets hurt, and Greg Wilson gets hurt. And now DeVaris Daniels is in there. He's played four games. He's got 19 catches, 344 yards, and three touchdowns. It's just the next guy up, and every yep. team says that. But it seems like every player is equal in Calgary. It's insane to me. <laughs> well, and even some of the backups might be better than the starting guys. Yeah. Like, like, holy man, Devaris Daniels is just eating people up. So uh, I'll be very uh, interested to see what happens as the other guys get healthy. Do you, can you take Daniels out at this point? I don't think you can. I was listening to uh, Dave Dickinson on... Uh, uh, the post-game show in Edmonton with Dave Campbell, and uh, he was like, I can't take him out. The way he's playing, even if Joe West gets healthy, or he might be healthy now, but you can't yeah. take Daniels out uh, the way he's playing right now. There's one player in the game that I think uh, Calgary might have gotten in his head, I think, uh, unless Philip Hunt was encouraging Odell to be bad or... <laughs> Odell chucked uh, Bakari Grant's cleat. He was in the middle of a couple scuffles. He went offside in overtime. He was a little too enthusiastic in that game, I think. <laughs> well, you know, um, Odell is always good for one kind of uh, brain cramp in the season and getting a penalty for it. Last year it was walking through the other team's yeah. bench. This year it's uh, throwing a cleat. And um, at the time we were quite a ways up. So, you know, well, you know, that was a dumb play, Odell, but, you know, you, you can recover. Uh, but, yeah, he, he had a bit of a game. Now, on the other hand, you just said Philip Hunt had a monster game. He did. And, in a f one, first game with the Eskimos after yeah. only practicing one day, holy man! Yeah, I'm, that was a great signing. Happy to have him, and because uh, I mean, what Bo hadn't been sacked in three games, and oh, then it's, it's we crazy. got two. That, that's Calgary. They were talking about how they have a average offensive line. Shut no, up! <laughs> no, there is no way that offensive line is unreal. <laughs> Hands down, the best one in the CFL. Uh, let's go to the last game of the week. Now, after this game, I was just, the score pops up and I'm thinking, what is real anymore? 
<laughs> you didn't hear all of the shattered winning streaks on Pick'em all disappearing at that oh, one moment? <laughs> I don't believe in anything. Yeah, exactly. Dan Lefevre gets the start. 27 of 36, 329 yards. He had two picks, uh, but he had the touchdown and obviously the win as well. But he rushed for 39 yards. And I mean, <laughs> here's the thing with Hamilton. If they figure out their blocked punts, it's three games in a row where they had a punt blocked. Yeah. That's, yeah isn't that crazy? That is nuts. If they figure that out, maybe they, you know, uh, but they only scored points. In the second quarter, uh, they lose 33-21. Hamilton had 20 points in the second quarter, and they had a rouge in the fourth, which I appreciate, but that's <laughs> well, of course. just not. We're all excited about those. That's, that's right. not going to get it done. Uh, <laughs> but when you score nothing, essentially, in three quarters, you're not going to win the game. Here's the thing. We talked about it on Labor Day where they crushed Toronto. Hamilton has not played their uh, best game. I picked them to win the Grey Cup at the beginning of the year. I still feel good about it because they're going to go on a hot streak where they're going to be unbeatable again. I I don't know when it's going to happen, but I see it happening soon. Well, I I see that happening soon, too. The other thing you got to keep in mind with Hamilton is that they're at home for a significant portion of the second part of the season. Well, Edmonton's Uh, on the road for all of October. I, well, you know, yeah, that's the thanks so much. Thanks, schedule guys. We get to have no games at home over this next while. But uh, but Hamilton was flipped, right? They were away for the beginning of the season, and now they're going to be home for the second half of the season. Right. And we all know they play better at Tim Hortons Field. Totally agree with you. They're going to go on a roll, and it is they're going to play lights out. Um, this was a blip, obviously. They they did a lot of um, shooting themselves. I think Hamilton's biggest problem right now is their offensive line. They, they're they so Jekyll and Hyde. One week they play great, yeah. and the next week they can't give Zach you know, less than a second to get the ball out. And uh, Toronto exploited that this week. They came with a blitz almost on every play, and there was just no solution for it. And uh, so, you know, good on Toronto. And in the end, you know, TJ Heath, oh, right, not Argo, Winnipeg Bomber, gets two <laughs> interceptions. I mean, that's amazing. And and the other part, actually, just talking about the kudos to Toronto, uh, Whitaker, what a game again. He's It's like he's reignited. I, I I'm starting to think he might not be a bad pick. I think what a season uh, for Whitaker. I think everybody has written him off, kind of thinking, yeah, ah, he's done. You know, all the injuries that he had in Montreal. And uh, I was thinking, you know, he was decent last year, but he even got banged up a few times last year. And yeah. he, he, he's got, he's going to close in on 400 receiving yards. He's almost got 600 rushing yards. He's having an awesome year. He's going to maybe hit 1,000 next week, and he's getting almost 85 yards a game, and uh, I'm impressed with Whitaker. This being said, Dan Lefevre probably going to start this weekend again. I think the Toronto offense is really suited for Drew Willie's skill set. Oh, I totally agree. Look at at the receivers. He's going to be throwing to Gurley, Elliott, Shaw, uh, possibly Hazelton at some Spencer? point. Uh, like, man, I tell you, that is that is a heck of a lineup. And <laughs> and if the O line can give him a little better protection and give him some time, ooh, light, watch out! That Toronto offense might light it up as well. 
Terrence Tolliver continues to be on this crazy hot streak. Five catches, 111, and a touchdown. Chad Owen, seven catches, 101. So the, these players continue to do uh, what we're expecting them to do. I, I want to ask you, Andrew, how are your predictions looking uh, at the beginning of the year? I know you got to bet with Fraser regarding <laughs> the Eskimos. Yeah. Is well, this was, going to be I a I knew wash? that was coming up. Yeah. <laughs> You know what I? Um, Is it well, going to be a I wash? Guess, if we go into the West for a second, the West. Uh, obviously is not shaping up the way I, I expected the the Eskimos to play better. I knew that there was going to be obviously some changes and, and some hard bumps at the beginning of the season, but I, I, I had Edmonton finishing second and BC in fourth, and basically it looks right now that those are going to be reversed. So that that's kind of where that started in the west side. East side... I mean, everything is still up for grabs. Montreal is still junk, and I put them at the bottom, and that's probably where they're going to end up. Uh, but who knows between those other three teams? I had picked Toronto to win the East, and there's a possibility now that might happen, even though I, I know Zach's coming back. And it, but man, well, this is a big a win race. for that. What's that? This is a big win for that. Oh, absolutely! It's huge. Huge. So we'll, we will see. I mean, Hamilton has the season series, so that could even play a role over there. Uh, the interesting thing is that all of those teams, especially those top three teams in the East, are so close as far as I'm concerned. Like, I know Ottawa, a lot of people are thinking, oh, well, they're kind of hitting me. But I think Trevor Harris gets on roll. And, uh, uh, man, any one of those teams could end up first over there. So who who the heck knows how that's going to land? So here's what I had. I had Calgary finishing first in the West, uh, Toronto finishing first in the East, and I had uh, Hamilton going over BC in the Grey Cup. Oh, Uh, wow. Okay. So nobody had BC. No, uh, nobody did. You you got that you got that one right for sure. Uh, their record, I had them finishing uh, five hundred, which they only need to win two more games to finish better than that. <laughs> and if they were better at home, they they would have a. They're only three and two at home, but five and one on the road. So yeah, they crazy, figured that eh? out. Yeah. Well, uh, the road teams in general, like I don't. Uh, maybe that bodes well for us as we've got some uh, Eskimos have got a lot of road games coming up. Maybe that's a good thing. But uh, I. Uh, but let me throw this by you. Now that I, we're talking about predictions, let's talk about predictions now. Okay. Wouldn't it be really cool if the Eskimos crossed over and then we had an Edmonton-Calgary Grey Cup? <laughs> oh, I tell you, it's never happened. I'd be so excited. <laughs> that would be nuts. I actually see a crossover happening, whether totally it's agree. Winnipeg or Edmonton. And <laughs> that would be – I don't think the crossover team has ever won. If I'm uh... well, Edmonton won the one time they won the semifinal and then got to the final, but then they lost in the final to Toronto. So it's, uh, but I don't think like a West team obviously has never gotten past the Eastern final. Man, <laughs> yeah, that yeah. would be something else. That would be crazy. Uh, yes. <laughs> Let's get right to our uh, picks for this Absolutely. upcoming week. It's everyone's favorite game show. Are you smarter than two overweight Canadian podcasters? Pick the weekly winners in the CFL on Facebook or Twitter at Two and Out CFL. All right. So leading the way in the Two and Out group. Uh, is Trevor. He's actually from Red Deer, uh, which is awesome. For the longest time, it was Crotch Racer. He was leading pretty much everyone's group, but he's 
fallen off the wagon a little bit. He has absolutely yes, yeah. Yes. Which is which is uh, which is funny because in in ours, uh, Cappy D is like just running people over. Like it's oh, not he's even crushing close. people. Holy man, it's it's crazy. I think Trevor's second in ours, so it's pretty close. Uh, 95% of people on uh, pick'em.cfl.ca have the Hamilton Tiger Cats winning. Uh, are you breaking the trend? Are you going Montreal? Good Lord, no. Why would I do that? I no. I no. I I just see that team imploding on every level and uh now, of course, you know, Cato will probably prove me wrong. It's because we all know it's stupid Montreal, right? But, yeah. <laughs> uh, but, but I, I'm, yeah, I got to go Hamilton. I got to go Hamilton on that one. All right. We have to play the Arkells. That one is non negotiable. Absolutely. I'm, I'm in. I'm, yeah, play it. Bombers in Argos. This one? Oh, oh man. I, I think this one is really tough. Uh, there's a couple banged up players heading in for Winnipeg. I feel like if Bass, Wild, and Harris don't play, I don't know if I can pick Winnipeg, but they the streak has to end sometime. <laughs> well, uh, let's see. Now, what would Fraser say? As as an uh, unbiased fan who doesn't watch it, they, they can't just keep going. It, I mean, at some point they're going to lose, right? But they is it to, to the Argos? Um, well, but here's the thing. I watched that game last week, and I watched that defense play the way it did and get the ball out from Hamilton. Uh, I think the Argos have a good chance of winning this one. I think that they are they're riding a new quarterback. Yes, and granted now there's film, but that's a dual threat running attack now between Lefevre and Whitaker and all of those offensive weapons and and if Harris is hurt, like even if he's playing, you know he's not 100%. I I think it's there. I, I don't know if it's going to, but I think it's there. I just have a I have a hard time thinking that Dan Lefevre is going to do it again. Uh, but the Argos, they're terrible at home. They're 3-1 and one on the road. Oh, I, I oh, think... What did I, I talk th- you into? Yeah, you talked me into picking the Argos, my friend. <laughs> That's what I'm picking, too. I got the Argos for sure. Okay, you know what? I, I am going to go Argos. I'm going to lock this in uh, right now. The Bombers are 2-3 and three at home as well. So let's go Toronto. I'll let you pick the song. What are we doing? Yes. So I was so excited <laughs> to pick this song. Let's go a little Dream Warriors with my definition. Yeah. In the mix is where Dream Warriors go to find a few will, but I know so. There is the definition. My definition, my definition, my definition is this, my definition, my definition, my definition, my definition is this, my definition, my definition is this, my definition. All right, it is a doubleheader on Saturday, which makes me so happy. Uh, Calgary home to Ottawa. Gotta go Calgary. I mean, simple as that for me. Yeah, yeah, I gotta go Calgary. I think... um um, yeah, I mean, you know that's hard. That's hard for me. I, I like Ottawa. I, I I like that team, but 
I I got to go Calgary here. I think Calgary last week got a bit of a scare in the fact that uh, you know the Eskimos almost almost pulled off uh you know breaking that winning streak uh and calgary's been just dominant at home you'd have to think that they just you know they they have to show who they are and uh at home i, I let me tell you i i think ottawa will put up a fight but i have a feeling that calgary's gonna be like oh watch what we can really do when we're mad <laughs> so. yeah uh, i think we stick with uh, tegan and sarah for calgary how does Beauty. that sound i love it everything is awesome I can't believe they made it on the show twice. Uh, <laughs> they they do have other songs, but that one just you know, come on, it's pretty funny. Well, it's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> it is awesome. Yeah. Mossum even everything. They need to redo it. Everything is Mossum. That would be yes. I, I I need to make that song. Yeah, I'll I'll be right back. Yeah, no, okay. There's your home opener for the uh, halftime show next season, Commonwealth <laughs> <Sorry>. Stadium. <laughs> uh, Sunday afternoon, Eskimos in Regina playing the old Taylor Field for the final time. Are you sticking with Edmonton here? Oh, I am. I am sticking with Edmonton here because uh, this is a. I know that Saskatchewan can't lose every game for the rest of the season. I, I really don't think that they. I don't think that's going to happen. But this is a team that the Eskimos should beat and. If the Eskimos want a chance, and as they're saying right now in the locker room, every game right now for the Eskimos is a playoff game. So it's they have to beat the teams that they're supposed to beat, and they're, they should beat this team. So I, I gotta I gotta go with the Eskimos. I have a gut feeling. Oh that no, the Riders that the Riders win this game. Uh, I usually don't listen to my gut, but it's telling me that I'm hungry right now and that the Riders <laughs> are going to win. So I. <laughs> I I feel there has been pros, progress. Sorry, in uh, Saskatchewan, they lost two very, very close ones. Yeah, actually, oh, I agree. three close ones in a row. Uh, they lost by eight to Edmonton, three to Winnipeg, seven to Winnipeg, mm-hmm. and it's always tough to lose. <laughs> they lost to Edmonton in the preseason. They lost to them in Week Three by a field goal. It's hard to beat a team three times in a season. I'm well, they lost one more time. We've beat them three times now. This is well, four. that this includes preseason. <laughs> what? Uh, yeah, you're we, including preseason? We've, I'm including preseason. See? Okay. There we go. Okay. Yeah. It's even harder to beat a team four times in a season. <laughs> there now. we go. Okay. So <laughs> I am going to say that Chris Jones gets it done and he gets the old Gatorade bath, but will he shake the hand of uh, uh, Jason Moss. Apparently, he didn't shake O'Shea's hand at the Banjo Bowl. Well, are, are we really surprised about any of this anymore? Like, really? I mean, it's... He runs to his own beat. <laughs> so, <laughs> just... I think niceties say that I just need to stop there, but... <laughs> <laughs> Okay, what song are we playing for Edmonton? Oh, for Edmonton, I got a new one this week because uh, I think it's rather suiting for what the boys need to do. Uh, they need to go up the hill. Let's play a little Captain Tractor. Well 
for the Riders, I am going to play the Northern Pikes. She ain't pretty. There was this misconception all over town that she ain't only got I'm by the pound. She said, take me home, that won't be no boss. I said, sure, you got some change for the boss. Watching her leave, I heard the bartender say, she ain't pretty, she just looks that way. <laughs> all right, that does it for episode 52 of the Two and Out CFL podcast. Just a reminder, the Hamilton and Montreal uh, game is the Hall of Fame game. Uh, yes. Mookie Mitchell. Mookie Mitchell, yes, our boy. We met him at uh, the Spirit of Edmonton at Grey Cup. Yeah, absolutely. And I am trying desperately to get him on to talk to him because uh, he's yeah, one of my faves, right? Uh, and you want to talk about a guy that went down the middle. That was the yeah. guy. Yeah, loved it. Builder Don McDonald is getting inducted. Linebacker James West. Defensive lineman Rodney Harding. And uh, Doug Brown getting inducted as nice. well. It, doesn't it make you feel old when there are names you know getting involved? In, yeah, <laughs> getting guys, inducted into guys the that I can actually remember watching them play live. Their whole career. Yeah, that, that's like, oh, good. I even, yeah, I remember him as a rookie, but he's in the Hall of I need to go cry in my beer. <laughs> uh, the Riders are having their Plaza of Honor game this weekend as well. Uh, Matt Dominguez getting inducted into that. So that is awesome. Andrew, thank you for stepping up and being more dedicated to two and out than uh, one of the co-founders. <laughs> oh, anytime. Anytime I can uh, take the place of Fraser. I want to make sure I say that. I don't want to get in trouble again. Fraser. Uh, hey, I... I you know, I I love what you guys do, and and just getting to be a part is always a, a privilege for me. And and uh, thanks for inviting me on; it was it was awesome. I'll see you at West of Us at the BC Edmonton game. All right? Oh, you absolutely will. Hey, we're gonna see if we get another uh, four podcast show up. Right? That was that was awesome. Oh, could there be four? Possibly. You never know. Never know. Mike they, from uh, Potsky Wee Wee was there last time. Ryan from the CFL Horseman. Ask Empire two and out. Who's the extra one that could come up this well time. i i think sooner or later brian's got to come to a game from bc right yeah we got to get him out there come on let's go brian yeah <laughs> <laughs> all right uh, follow us on twitter like on facebook to and out cfl and rate review subscribe on itunes i well i don't know who will be with me but i'll talk to you next week yeah i'll see you next week okay